0: Chapter 11 of Our Western Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Katherine Stenson. Our Western Birds by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell. The Mockingbird. The Mockingbird is called the Prince of Californian Birds. He is rather lordly and some think him a tyrant he scolds when he has to but more to hear his own voice than to harm any one he likes to look cross at the other birds and see them dodge into the bushes he doesn't usually mean anything by it for they come out of their hiding places and eat from the same tree or bush or garden table with that selfsame mocker that scolded them as soon as his little fit of temper is over away flies the mocker to the chimney-top and makes apologies in his sweetest notes to all the birds he scolded so and if a dog or cat or hawk puts in an appearance he is the first to give the alarm following the enemy without fear for his own safety dogs and cats sometimes make believe they do not care for the mocker but really they do hate him more than any bird he is more than a match for them we know of a pet house cat whose back was made very sore by repeated attacks of the mockers whose nest was in the vine above the door if the cat ventured out by daylight though ever so slyly the parent mockers flew at him with such cunning rage that he sought the first cover in sight one bird attacked the cat on one side while its mate slipped up on the other and gave a pull at the fur In due time, the cat, with a very sore back, concluded it was no match for the mockers, and was satisfied to lick its milk under the kitchen table with just a glance out of doors. You will notice that most dogs run in a cowardly fashion from a mocker, as if four feet and a wide-open mouth were no match for a pair of wings and a beak that can close very suddenly over a pinch of hair. We have had our own hair pulled many a time by the mockers, and it hurts. The birds have a way of slipping up from behind one, giving the hare a tweak, and dodging out of reach. They never do attack an intruder from before. Perhaps it is on account of their watchfulness about the grounds that other birds put up with so much scolding from the mockers. They seem to love their company, and are sure to nest in any garden where the mockers live. The young of other birds are not molested nor scolded by the mockers, even in their crossest moods, and for this reason, if for no other, we love them. To be sure, if a linnet brings her young ones to the garden-table before Mother Mocker has fed her own little ones as much gingerbread as they can swallow, Mocker says, "'Go away!' in pretty loud tones. But she never harms her neighbor's children." In the spring you may track the mockers to any bush or tree in which they are building their nest not by the print of their feet in mud by any means for mockers do not walk in the mud nor have anything to do with mud at nesting time like the robins and swallows we track them by the white twine they drop from their beaks as they go to the nest if they get a piece too long it tangles in the shrubbery and is left there The mockers' nest is begun with sticks or coarse straws and finished with twine or soft roots and grasses. We place strings all about for them in our garden, which they learn to expect. But we cannot induce them to take colored twine. They will use only white, just as the tohi will use only white rags. The reason for this is explained in the chapter on the tohi. Two pairs of mockers have nested in our grounds for several years. They are with us summer and winter. In winter because we do not forget to set the garden table. Young mockers will not remain in the nest longer than they can see over the brim. They climb out, and drop in a helpless way to the ground. Then they begin to cry, and that tells all the cats, and bad boys, and the good little girls in the neighborhood. The cats catch what they deserve if we see them in our garden. As for the boys, we try to teach them better, or take up their attention some way until the good little girls have a chance to pick up the crying young birds. Young birds can be trusted to the girls and some boys. You can place them up in a tangled shrub, never back in the nest, for they will tumble right out again. The best way is to keep an eye on the little things by day, and put them out of reach at night, in your own house, perhaps. Young mockers get their feathers very early, and are soon able to keep out of harm's way. However, more are lost every year than live to grow up. Some people grudge the mockers the berries they eat, but we plant a whole row on purpose for them and other birds. Raspberries are good food for young birds, and a pair of our mockers bring up their children on them every spring. It may not put money in our pockets to plant a row of berries for the birds, but it puts food in the birds' mouths and makes a sociable time one can but laugh to see the parent birds fly up and bring down the tip of a swaying branch of berries and hold it while the little birds peck off the fruit while one laughs at the birds one may get the idea that money in one's pocket is no better than a kind thought in one's mind we are well paid for these little attentions to the mocker's family we are treated to free concerts almost every night in the year by day he sings as well but he spends some of his time in listening to the other birds so he may surprise them with a rehearsal of their own songs at midnight. The song of the Mockingbird is a mimic of all the sweet songs he hears, but he does not forget to go over the droll sounds which have little music in them. The chickens and turkeys may wake you crying in the tree top, and you may catch the sound of a squeaking wheelbarrow, or the postman's whistle, or even a young rooster just learning his first crow. A bird in our garden has learned to mimic the graphophone very well, giving the metallic ring. Of course, this nightly serenade annoys nervous people who want to sleep, and they say harsh things about the bird behind his back. But Mocker goes on with his songs, just as if everybody spoke well of him. If he thinks about the matter at all, he may conclude that a person might as well go on with his duty and pleasure without stopping to care what other folks think of him. The food of the mockingbirds is mostly insects, they are expert fly-catchers, and will take a butterfly on the wing or a grasshopper on the jump quicker than a wink. They hunt for grubs under the trees, and for fruit in the trees. They get up early in the morning before our great striped Jerusalem crickets have gone back into their holes. It is of no use for cricket to turn over on his back when he sees a mocker coming along. He may strike out his six legs and toes in a very savage manner, after the custom of sand crickets, but he cannot frighten the mocker. Mocking birds are fond of crickets' claws. They are also fond of lizards' tails. Indeed lizards grow several new tails during the summer on purpose for the mockers to eat. Lizard is chased by a bird, and runs under the nearest log, forgetting to take his tail in after him the tip of that nice tail just sticking out from under the log as all the cunning bird was after, anyway, and off it goes into its beak. Not that Mocker pulls it off, oh no. The lizard lets go of its tail when it feels a pinch, as if to say, take it if you want it. Lizard doesn't mind the loss, and in the course of a month his new tail-tip will be ready for another supper for the Mocker or the robin. Our little friend from San Diego writes that the mockers watch for the new milk to be brought in at night, and he sets a cupful up on a post for them. They drink it with as much relish as a kitten. We have also fed them milk, but they like it best with sugar in it. All the birds we feed have a sweet tooth. The way to any bird's heart is by his little stomach, and any child or person may have the mockers near the house if they will but feed them well. To be sure, our mockingbirds are not seen around San Francisco Bay, for reasons of their own which we do not understand. Birds are much like people who prefer certain parts of the country to live in, and they do not always explain their reasons. They leave many things for us to find out. Who will find out the reason why mockingbirds do not like to live around San Francisco Bay? But everywhere in the southern and interior parts of the state, they are common. End of chapter 11